And ultimately, this verse, this verse 15, was fulfilled because they didn't, they did not obey the voice of God. They did rebel against his commandment. And what's going to happen to them in the near, or in the future, they're going to be taken captive. The northern ten tribes by Assyria and the southern two tribes by Babylon, they're all going to be taken captive. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Today we learn that Samuel presents Israel with an important choice. They were disobedient in wanting a king, yet God gave them one. Even so, if they would fear the Lord and serve him, God could still bless them. Samuel put the choice before Israel. On one side is submission to God and obedience. On the other is rebellion and disobedience. If they chose the wrong path, they can trust God will not bless it. Now here's Pastor Rob with today's lesson. It says, Then believed they his words, and they sang his praise. And he's speaking about Israel. David is rehearsing, the psalmist is rehearsing the history of Israel in the desert. But they soon forgot his works, and they waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert. And notice, verse 15, here is the thing. And he gave them their request, but he sent leanness to their soul. Be careful what you ask for, you might just get it. He gave them their request, but sent leanness to their soul. Remember the quail? (laughs) We're tired of this manna. Just give us some meat, for heaven's sakes. And they kept complaining, 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 complaining. And God, you want meat? Okay. You're going (laughs) to, believe me, you're going to get meat. You're going to see meat, and it's going to come at you 100 miles an hour. And all the birds start sweeping in. They ate so much in their lust, they got sick. Some of them perished because of their lust. But this idea of leanness is scantness. It's a, it's a wasting. And then here in verse 14 and 15, we're going to see the exact same thing that Joseph did. I'm sorry, not Joseph, but Joshua did with the children of Israel. He gives them that conditional promise again. What does he say in verse 14 and 15? If you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice, and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue to follow the Lord your God. Do you see that? Whenever you see an if-then statement, that's a conditional promise. You know that there are conditional promises, and there are promises that God makes that are unconditional. The unconditional ones are basically God saying, Abraham, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do. And God does it. It's not dependent upon Abraham's performance. 
But when God says, if you do this, then I will do this, then there's some culpability on men. There's a responsibility for me to obey. So if I obey, then God does something. If I don't obey, he doesn't. Is prayer important? God can do anything, but he rarely does anything without his people praying. I wonder what would happen if we prayed more often and we got together like a, an ember of coals. Don't be like that little red ember that's taken from the fire and placed on the perimeter of the fire and just grows really black and it starts to glow pink and then it turns black and smolders. That's, that's who we are when we, when we stop fellowshipping, when we stop wanting to be together. I mean, obviously we can't be together 24-7, but we have several opportunities in a week to get together. And we have several opportunities to pray before services, certainly on Tuesday nights. I'd encourage you to rethink it. And even in your personal life, be a person of prayer. It's something I need to do more often. My prayer life needs to increase, I'll be honest with you. And the Lord has been challenging me about that. But notice, fear the Lord, serve him, obey his voice, do not rebel against the commandments. Then... Both you and the king who reigns over you will continue to follow the Lord. Notice that it wasn't if you fear and serve and obey King Saul. It was if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey God's voice. See the difference? Even though he's your king, folks, you need to be following me. And if you do those things, then everything's going to be just fine. But if you get your eyes off of me and on your king, you're going to be in trouble really quickly. Notice in verse 15, However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. This is exactly what happened in the generation that perished in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Psalm 95 in verse 7 begins, it says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. And notice, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years, God says, I was grieved with that generation, and I said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know know my ways, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. It was because of unbelief. Unbelief. And we're all, we can all be guilty of unbelief. And ultimately this verse, this verse 15 was fulfilled because they didn't they did not obey the voice of God. They did rebel against his commandment. And what's going to happen to them in the, near, or in the future, they're going to be taken captive. The northern ten tribes by Assyria and the southern two tribes by Babylon, they're all going to be taken captive. And also Saul himself. This is one of the things that Saul, why God rejected him from being king, because he wasn't obedient. We're going to see in the very next chapter that God gave Samuel a very specific direction for Saul, and Saul would not listen. He acted in haste to take things into his own hands when he should have waited. And we're going to see later on when God says, I want you to wipe out the entire the Amalekites. I want you to wipe them all out. Men, women, children, the king, everybody, everything. Do you understand, Saul? Yes. And what does he do? <laughs> he, he doesn't wipe out. He takes all the fat, fatted calves and the, the sheep and he keeps the king alive. And Samuel comes up and says, what's this here bleeding of the sheep? In the background, where where where'd that all come from, Saul? Oh, the people made me do it. That sound familiar in the garden? The serpent made me do it. Adam, 
The wife made me do it. <laughs> the blame game. Saul had the same problem. It was because of his disobedience that God rejected him. Rejected him. In verse 16, back in our text, So now, therefore, stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is not today the wheat harvest? I call, I will call to the Lord, and he will send thunder and rain that you may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord, and asking for a king for yourselves. It was very unusual at this time during the wheat harvest for it to rain, because this is around mid-May, mid-June area, and uh, it was a drier season. And so when when this uh, was happening, it was uh, a notable miracle to them, because it just doesn't happen that way in the Middle East. There, there are seasons for rainy seasons, and this wasn't one of them. And I thought to myself, how awkward this must have been. Because Saul is right there as Samuel's telling the nation about this, about their wickedness being great, which they've done in the sight of the Lord, and asking for a king. Can you imagine? I mean, put yourself, here's Saul standing there. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. And he's standing there, probably next to Samuel. And Samuel's telling everybody, you guys are wicked because you asked for this guy. If I was Saul, I'd be like, "Um, I'm going to leave. And when you're done with this speech... I won't come back. (laughs) Think of it. It's really awkward for him to be standing there hearing this, going, I don't think I want this job. It was a great exhortation for them because their tendency was for mischief. Even Moses, he says, In Deuteronomy 31, verse 29, For I know, before he died, he told the children of Israel, For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt, and you'll turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. So he's making them accountable. Verse 18, it says, So Samuel called the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. They feared the Lord. It's very familiar to us when we consider what happened with Moses. When God told him to raise the rod of God over the Red Sea and they passed through, what what, what happened on the other side? It tells us in Exodus 14, verse 31, or 31 says, Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, and the people feared the Lord, and they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Isn't that what it just said here? And the people feared greatly, and they feared the Lord and Samuel. Very similar thing happening. Verse 19, And all the people said to Samuel, Pray for your servants to the Lord your God that we might not die. And this is one of the great things that a priest does. He intercedes. That's what a priest priest does. He intercedes for the people. Whether it's on the account of some kind of sacrifice or whether it's on the account of of a prayer offering it for the people. Interposing, if you will. And then Samuel said to the people, verse 20, do not fear. (laughs) I don't know why I love this verse. It's it's very, I shouldn't love it. I mean, it's it's just a, a weird thing about me, I guess. Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You have done all this wickedness. I think I'm going to fear because I have. 
You've done this wickedness, but notice the hope in it. Yet, do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I mean, how much accountability can there be here? Before he finally hands off the baton to Saul, he's saying, you guys got to be careful. History has shown over and over again. We've got it right here in front of us. I read some of it to you in Deuteronomy and Joshua. Hearts really haven't changed that much. But we need to return to the Lord. We need to return to truth and integrity. We need to return to the Lord with all of our heart. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Calvary Chapel of Rochester. Hear, O Christians in America. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. O Lord, may it be true. May it be more true. I can't say that I've loved him with everything I've got. I can't say that I have, you know, with all my heart, all my strength, all my might. I would love to be able to stand before you and say that, oh, yeah, I've done that. I'm currently living that right now. I'd love to be able to say it, but I'd be lying if I did. That's the goal. Christ-likeness. Is it your goal, too? Don't get satisfied in your status quo. Being content is good. Godliness with contentment is great gain, but don't be too content with your, with your walk with the Lord. Always be reaching forward to that, with that, for that prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't be content in just being where you're at. Reach forward, folks. Reach for it. Don't just, whenever you feel yourself just kind of in a blasé kind of attitude, reach forward. Get into prayer. Get into, get into the Word and say, Lord, help me get out of this. It's deadly. It's deadly. And notice in verse 21, and do not turn aside for when you, for, for then you would go after empty things which cannot profit or deliver, for they are nothing. See, God is not trying to keep people from enjoying their life. He's not trying to keep you from having fun and enjoying life. Quite the opposite. The fun that I thought I was having before I came to Christ had a really hefty price tag on it, right? Isn't it true? The wages of sin is death. All my sin that I did, all the fun that I thought I was having, the price tag was really huge. And i got to be honest with you, God was so gracious to me and to you because if I'd have gotten caught, if I'd have made a mistake when I was in that stupid, doing those stupid things, the price would have been great. And yet I did it over and over and over and over again. I almost wonder if my guardian angel was going, oh my gosh, I need time and a half. This guy is killing me. He just won't stop being a fool. And I can almost hear the Lord going, yeah, he is pretty foolish, isn't he? Yeah, he's acting like there's no God. Pretty foolish. But when we obey and follow the Lord, there is great peace and there's great blessing. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what everybody wants is really peace? Doesn't everybody want peace? And don't we want blessings? Isn't that what everybody wants? See, people are always trying to achieve it apart from the Lord, and they're looking for love and acceptance in what? All the wrong places. There's our problem. We stop looking at God, and we want to fulfill that apart from God. And whenever you do that, you will find heartache. You will find pain. You'll find regret. But when you find your fulfillment in Christ alone, we sing the song, In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Different psalm, but same idea. 
for the Lord, back in our text, verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. I love that. In spite of the stiff kind of talk that he just gave them, he says in his mercy and grace, for the Lord will not forsake his people. Yes, you've sinned. You've made a big mistake. Yeah, you stepped in it really big. But guess what? You're still his people. And he adores you. He adores you. To me, that's like the joy after the punishment. I remember when I'd get spanked by my mom. She would come after me. She'd tell me to go in her closet and find the, find, just pick a belt. And so I'd pick the small one because I thought it would hurt less. I learned that it's really the real thin ones that hurt the most. So the next time I got that, you know, 1970 white belt that she wore, you know, that one that's about that thick. But not the first time. I learned a lesson. But after the spanking, after the, with the belt, she would hold me. Everything was restored. There was a peace, wasn't there? There was a peace that was restored. Grace and mercy. God says his... For the Lord will not forsake his people, for his name is great, for his name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. He's not ashamed. He loves you. And folks, I want to tell you tonight that God loves you, regardless of what you're going through, the things you're struggling with, no matter what it is. If you've got a habitual sin, something in your life that's been gnawing at you for years, and you think to yourself, I should be over this by now. After all, I've, learned, I've known the Lord for 10 years now. Why can't I kick this thing? Pray to God and kick it. Pray to God and kick it. Stifle it. Suffocate that thing, whatever it is. Ask him for help. Don't ever, ever, ever stop. In fact, repeat after me. Don't ever stop. Ready? Don't ever stop. In the Greek, the word ever means ever. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. Please, don't ever stop. Confess and come to the Lord and continue confessing and coming to the Lord and get the victory. Let Jesus give you the victory. He's already won it on the cross. Fight the good fight. Resist the flesh. The devil will flee from you, but it's not going to go away, but it'll be less hard the next time because you've given the Lord over into your life. Give him your heart. Notice what he says here. I think that we're coming upon the last couple of verses here. Thank you for bearing with me. Moreover, as for me, far be it for me that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. Wow, what a guy. It'd be sin for him to stop praying for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. I love this so much. In fact, uh, let's just look at one thing here. He says, um, let me see, verse, 20, uh, verse 23, he says, But I will teach you the good and and the right way. I want you to write off in the margin of your Bible a verse. Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Jeremiah 6, verse 16. And here it is. Notice what he's saying to them. But I will teach you the good and the right way. Let me read Jeremiah to you, that verse. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. 
Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Also, I set watchmen over you, saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Therefore, hear, you nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on this people, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rather rejected it. So ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. Believe me, there's nothing new under the sun. I would encourage you to be careful, folks, about YouTube and all these other things. There is so much junk on YouTube, spiritual junk, as well as all the other riffraff. But there's a lot of spiritual junk, too. And you got to be careful. I know this because recently I fell into a thing where I, and the Lord uh, got me out of it very quickly. It's very easy to get caught up in something. You have to be really careful. Be very careful. Please be careful. Don't just follow it because somebody says it's a good video they sent to you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta listen to it based on what you know of the Word of God. There's so much trickery. There's so much nonsense out there. In fact, it would be better if you didn't want listen to it at all. And believe me, <laughs> over the last week, week and a half, I've learned a great lesson. A great lesson, and I won't forget it. It brought me to my knees, literally in tears of how easy it was for me to be deceived by something. Just one little piece of information that seemed right and seemed so right on, and it turned out to be completely false. And I wept like a child when I found out about it. I'm like, Lord, I am such a fool. Why did I listen to it? Be very careful, saints. Seriously. You're better off not watching. You're better off not listening to news. You're better off reading your Bible. It's the only truth you got. Verse 24 in our text, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, notice. For consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. Oh my, there's the, uh, the exhortation, the accountability once again. Will you heed the call? Let's not do wickedly like the children of Israel. Will you heed the call? I want to heed the call. Let's stand and pray, huh? Know that the Lord loves you. He is so aware of everything. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got everything under control. Everything may appear crazy to us. He's a good Lord. He's a good God. He is not taken by surprise by anything that's happening in your life. He's not taken by surprise anything. I'm learning to trust him more. How about you? Father, we just come before you with, with hearts that are hungry, Lord, we come before you with hearts that are eager to know your truth even more, to know you more, Lord, to know your word more, to, to be able to appropriate these things into our lives that we could be ambassadors, that we could be good witnesses, Father, for you, that one day we will stand before you and you will say to us, and I hope this is true for every single one of us, that we'll be able to stand before you, Lord, and you will say, well done. You were struggling and you fought and you kicked 
and you kept going. You got up when you fell and your nose was bloody and your knees were scraped. You got back up and you ran and you ran toward me. And I've forgiven you and here you are. I will give you great, great victory and great joy over the things that you've done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You've been faithful with a little. I'm going to give you a lot. Lord, may that be true of each of us. In Jesus' name. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.